0: move my wife's clutter. She can put it in her greenhouse and she gets it. And thank you for uh, thank you, Matt for those prayers and uh, please do join us uh, this evening on Zoom as we will continue to pray for those in Ukraine and affected in different ways by what's going on there. But we turn now to our, our topic in the series that we're following at the moment and our Our theme today is growth, as hopefully you've picked up, growing in grace. But uh, what firstly is grace? The New Testament word translated grace is linked to the concept of something freely and joyfully given. So grace denotes a gift from God given to us freely and joyfully, not an entitlement It is freely given, not deserved or earned. And grace means that God keeps giving and forgiving. Not just once, but a second time, a third time, a fourth time, a hundredth time, a thousandth time, as many of us have experienced. And our church text for this year reminds us that God has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done but because of his own purpose and grace. It is because God is a gracious God that he wants us to be his children and enjoy his presence forever. It is because God is a gracious God that he gave his son Jesus to liberate us And reconcile us to him. It is because God is a gracious God that he has prepared for us an eternal home in his holy presence. It is because God is a gracious God that he never gives up on us no matter how often we let him down. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost but now am found. Wonderful grace that gives what I don't deserve, pays me what Christ has earned, and lets me go free. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich." Through grace we know we come to possess the riches of Christ. And this grace is incredibly costly. Christ gave up everything, became poor for us. That's grace. Through grace we are God's children, even as the Holy Spirit, God's gift of himself to us. Witnesses with our spirits that God is our Father. That's grace. Through grace we can approach God with confidence not on the basis of our own performance but on the basis of Christ and his life freely forgiven freely given for us that's grace great god of wonders all thy ways are matchless godlike and divine but the fair glories of thy grace more godlike and unrivaled shine who is a pardoning god like thee or who has grace so rich and free it's all about grace god is a gracious god and he behaves graciously towards us so what does it mean to grow in grace what does peter mean when he writes in his second letter grow in grace well i think the first thing to say is that it's not the grace which grows, it's us. It's not that if I try harder, then God will try harder too and his grace will become bigger, as if it needs to get bigger. As Philip Yancey wrote in his famous book, What's So Amazing About Grace? There is nothing we can do to make God love us more. There is nothing we can do to make him love us less. In Christ, God has lavished upon us the fullness of his grace. Jesus has died for us. There is nothing more for God to do. What gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. There is no further grace that God could give to us. He has done it all for us in Christ. There is nothing God is withholding from us. He has given us everything in Christ. Growing in grace does not mean that we can somehow expand or attract or extract more of God's grace from him. Your grace is enough more than I need. So what does it mean to grow in grace? The clue, I think, is that verse in 2 Peter. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Growing in grace means getting to know Jesus better. Getting to grasp what he has done better. Getting to appreciate who he is better. Growing into the grace of God so it is the country we inhabit the path we walk, the sea in which we swim. Now, I have uh, some top illustrations today, as, as has my wife already. Now, I need somebody to help me. I don't know if a young man down there, Do you, would you like to come and help me? I thought you might. Um, could you come and st- stand here where people can see you? And would you... Oh, can, you, can he go on there? What's his name? Doggy. And what? and his monkey he's a, he's a flying squirrel but he's called monkey okay but would you mind putting that on and tell me tell me how you think the fit is Do you think it's a bit too big if you turn around so everyone can see you do you think it's a bit too big would everyone agree with that it's a bit too big now I want you to imagine this t-shirt is grace but he's got some, you've got some growing to do, haven't you? Do you think one day you might grow big enough to fill that T-shirt? Yeah, you might. The people in your family, who you could probably fill it. Yeah, thank you very much. Woo. yeah, you can, you can take it off now. You can, do you want to take, or you can keep it if you like, but yeah, okay, you're gonna keep it, that's fine. Okay, thank you very much. Round of applause for my assistant. Do you, do you get the point? Growing in grace is not that the t-shirt's growing, it's that we're growing into it. That's what growing in grace means. J.C. Ryle gives this description of growing in grace. When I speak of someone growing in grace, I simply mean that their sense of sin is becoming deeper, their faith is becoming stronger, their hope is becoming brighter. Their love is becoming more extensive. Their spiritual mindedness is becoming more marked. They feel more the power of godliness in their heart and they manifest more of it in their life. In short, growing in grace means growing closer to God, developing a deeper awareness of all Christ has done for us, having a greater openness to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It means singing with our lips and with our lives. To this I hold. My hope is only Jesus. For my life is wholly bound to his. Oh, how strange and divine. I can sing, all is mine. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. But I have a question for you. Do you want to grow? Do you want to grow in grace? Do you want to become more like Jesus, to be more holy, to have a stronger faith? Do you want to occupy more fully that T-shirt, which is the grace of God? Or are you not so bothered? Soon after I started work here, I remember an experienced minister saying to me that the biggest thing he struggled with in ministry was not dealing with people who are sick or bereaved or suffering in some way, nor was it the lack of boundaries or the sense of never having completed anything or any of the other occupational hazards of being a pastor. The thing he found most challenging was dealing with people who called themselves Christians but didn't seem to have any hunger for more of God. And I've often thought about that since, and I tend to agree with him. And I think it's also what Jesus struggles with most as he looks at his church. It's not the people who've just come in who don't quite know yet very much about Jesus or about how church works and things like that. I don't think he cares very much about which songs we sing, but I think he cares very much about our hearts. Now I have for you another illustration here it is. You might have thought this was just somebody untidy left this here. Uh, can you, who can ride a bike? This might be too big for you, so I'm going, to, I'm going to ride it. You can try it afterwards. Now, I don't know if you can get this on Zoom. Um, now, those of you who can ride a bike, how easy is to balance on a bike when it's not moving? Well, I can't do it. You might be able to. You can show me afterwards. You occasionally see people at junctions, and they've got their their toe clips in, and they're trying very hard not to have to unclip themselves and, and, and balance. It's very hard to balance on a stationary bike. Can someone open those doors for me? But if, I start, but if I start moving, if I start moving, it's not very difficult, is it? It's easy to stay balanced. It's easy to stay safe. And, and what's the analogy that I'm making? I can't hear you. I don't know if you can hear me. If we're stationary, if we're standing still, that's quite a a dangerous place spiritually, isn't it? We're not going to to progress very much. We're probably going to to fall off. But if we're moving, if we're growing, if we're developing, if we're going somewhere, then we're going to to stay on the bike. Or, or Or take the seeds analogy. How do we know that a plant is alive? It's growing. If if the seeds don't grow, then we're patient with them, but after a while, we assume they're dead. Yes. Well, what's the analogy I'm making? Same with us. If we're not moving forwards on our bikes, if we're not growing up, then we have a problem. If we're standing still, we're likely to fall off. We're in danger. The safe state, the state which we, like a bike, is designed to be in is forward motion it's the same with you know babies and children if they don't grow we know there's a problem perhaps you're thinking my growing days are done i'm all grown up now i don't need to grow in grace i think we all know older christians who are full of grace and yet are growing in grace Who want to talk about Jesus more and more. Who want to pray more and more. Who are growing more and more in their identity in Christ. Who are singing each day, with every breath I long to follow Jesus. For he has said that he will bring me home. Yet sadly, perhaps we also know some who have got stuck. Who have become stagnant or lacking in grace apt to complain and judge, eyes no longer focused on Jesus, but on circumstances. What a sad situation. To them, as to all of us, comes the invitation. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Perhaps you have a question for me. How can I grow? Well, may I commend to you JCR's book, Holiness. Uh, On pages 140 to 46, he gives five answers as to how we can grow in grace. None of them are surprising. Be regular in your personal devotions. Be regular in public worship. Watch your conduct. Watch the company you keep. But his main answer, the most significant answer, is the fifth one. Keep in close fellowship with Jesus. Develop your relationship with Christ. Make that your priority, as he says, turn to him in every need, talk to him about every difficulty, consult him about every decision, bring before him every sorrow, share with him every joy, in everything, lean on him and look to him. Now, I would say we are all different. I I hope you've worked that out by now. We're all different, and the Lord knows that we are all different And we all have different ways of growing and of growing in grace. I'm going to give you three examples based on my own experience. But I know that the last thing God wants is for everyone here to grow up looking like me. So take these as ideas to spark your imagination rather than necessarily to copy. Firstly, I think I have grown in grace as I have done things which I find challenging. Our spiritual muscles grow like our physical muscles grow when we use them. These last few years, I have conducted over 30 funerals. I've stood by bedsides in hospitals and hospices in the final hours of people's lives. Sometimes they were my best friends. I have done my best to comfort those who are bereaved. It's been an immense privilege, but honestly, if it came down to my natural preferences, I wouldn't have done any of that. It's way outside my competence or comfort zone. And yet, it's what God called me to do. And I think that as a result, however badly I've done it, I have grown in grace. Because growing in grace may mean stepping outside our competences and comfort zones. Number two, I think I have grown in grace as I have talked about grace. When we hear Peter's words, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, we are reminded of the link between grace and knowledge. And we are reminded of Paul's words in Romans 10. How can people believe if they haven't been told? I've grown in grace as I've had to talk about it as I've prepared talks like this, as I've led alpha groups and other, and other groups, as I've talked to young people and old people. Because the more you have to explain something to others, the more you are forced to think about it more deeply yourselves. You either start to internalize it, or you just become a hypocrite, and you, you have to divorce reality from what you say. And of course, that is a choice you can make. But actually, I think if you're open to God, you are increasingly forced to confront the gap between what you believe to be true in theory and what you do in practice, and to try to do something with God's help to close that gap. I think there is no greater privilege in church life than to teach children and young people about Jesus and his grace. Growing in grace may mean stepping up to that task. Perhaps it does for someone here. And thirdly, I think I have grown in grace as I have prayed. As God's children, all of our time is spent in God's presence. But prayer denotes those times when we are intentional about communicating with him. When we deliberately turn our eyes and our hearts from the distractions of life towards God. And we are encouraged in the Bible to do this both by ourselves, individually but also collectively. And prayer changes us. As we pray for those we love, but also as we pray for those we find hard to love, then we are enabled to love. I wouldn't want you to get the impression that I always find prayer easy. Sometimes it seems easy, and sometimes it really doesn't. It does take discipline, but it also brings joy. I know I've shared before how sometimes after a period when my commitments to prayer has been weak I turn to God and say something along the lines of okay now I'd like to spend some time with you and I've reflected on how if God were like me he might respond rather crossly to that and tell me to go away and come back at a time that's convenient to him but God doesn't do that God has never done that to me I don't think he does that to anyone. Like the father of the prodigal son, he comes running to meet us when he sees us on the horizon. And he overwhelms us with new outpourings of his grace. Near the start of each week, either on a Sunday evening or a Monday, we meet as a church to pray. Sometimes on Zoom, sometimes in person. I confess that in my hard heartedness, I don't always approach those meetings with enthusiasm, but I almost always leave those meetings with my heart lifted. They are to me a means of grace. Perhaps they could be for you too. Finally, a word of encouragement from the great Baptist preacher Charles Spurgeon. There are some of you, beloved, who think you are not growing in grace because you do not feel so lively as you used to do. Ah, you say, when I was young, I had such an intense desire to hear about God and Jesus Christ, but now I am so depressed that I cannot enjoy the truth as I used to. Do not think, because your wild heat is gone, that you have not grown When we light a fire, we always put the straw and kindling at the bottom. And when we first light it, there is a deal of flame and a great deal of smoke. But afterwards, when the flame gets hold of the coals, there is not so much blaze, but there is more heat. You may have lost some of your flame and smoke, but then you have more solid fire. So it is with grace. It begins with a flame which catches the lighter substances, but in afterlife it makes the man one solid lump of burning fire. He is not a little flame rising towards heaven that the wind might blow out with a puff, but he becomes so strong a fire that the wind shall but increase the flame and shall make the heat the greater, so it may be with you. So may it be for you and for me. May we burn strongly with passion for the Lord and his glory. So that the winds and storms of life may not snuff out the grace within us. But may fan it into greater heat. May we move forward in grace and holiness. May we grow singing as we do. He is my joy, my righteousness, my freedom my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for your grace towards us, demonstrated above all in the death of your son Jesus Christ for us. What gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. We thank you for your wonderful grace. And we say to you this morning that our desire is to grow in grace, to grow into grace, to know it, to experience it, to demonstrate it, because we love you and we want to show that in our lives. We pray that you will send your Holy Spirit upon us and enable us to grow in grace and knowledge of your Son, for we, in whose name we pray, amen we're going to sing that song now which I have quoted from several times in the last few minutes what gift of grace is Jesus my redeemer